Osiris. Count to three. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. Yes. Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to season two, the start of season two, episode 51 of the Lost Highway podcast, the podcast of all things cosmic country. We are coming to you today with our friends Osiris Media and Topo Chico, two of my favorite brands on this planet, one of many. And there's definitely other life forms on there. And the second that I get a chance to meet one of them, I'm going to play them a podcast from Osiris Media. I'm going to crack open a cold Topo Chico for them or room temperature dependent on what their uh, body temperature is dependent if they have bodies, dependent if they like to hydrate with mineral water. I would assume they would uh, because every human I've ever met uh, does. I want to give you guys something here that I find sincerely inspiring and very much so grounded in the truth that is very useful for you in your life, which is what every minute on this Lost Highway podcast should be for you, is I want it to be either entertaining or useful. Um, this is from Seth Godin from his blog that he puts out every day, and this is one called Perfect or We're Not Going. When does this rule apply? It doesn't apply to anyone we've ever hired. It doesn't apply to anything we've ever purchased. It doesn't apply to any project we've sponsored or anyone we've ever voted for or dated befriended either. In fact, it's a great excuse for things we're afraid to do or where our inclination is to say no anyway. If you're hoping for inaction, look for perfect. Let me re repeat that just one more time. If you're hoping for inaction, look for perfect. And this is so... This is the kind of truth that makes you feel humbled because if you ever think you've ever done anything perfect, you're just so sincerely wrong. And like the very fundamental nature of being a human is the fact that you're, you're created in this imperfect image, literally incapable of perfection. And so everything we do radiates with it with a beauty of imperfection. So just realize that. Realize that life is actually probably just a little bit easier than trying to attain something perfect. And you might as well just take action, you know? I find that the more action that you take, the more that you're actually collaborating with reality in life. And that life is really the greatest teacher. Nature is the greatest teacher. It's greater than any person you're going to meet or mentor. Your rubber to the road experience with working with the obstacles and opportunities that life puts in front of you to test you are going to be the things that I'm learning this, that allow you to see your patterns of yourself, to see your intuitive reactions to things that come into your mind and into your purview of the simulation of the reality that we all participate in. The only way to move forward is to actually just go ahead and take action. So if you're feeling cluttered, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like it seems impossible, sit down and just think about what are three next action steps that you could take. And it's, it's almost magical to see how the road unveils and how the, the imperfections actually create the everlasting moments of identity that have the opportunity to create something truly captivating, timeless, and useful for everyone who comes in contact with it. I wanted to give you all that to start off this season. Uh, really exciting episode here. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Let's, let's kick it off in the most cosmic way possible. My next guest today is Jim Pollock, a close friend of everyone in fish. He's been there since the start. 
He's done some of the most iconic artwork for the for the band, um, going from early album art to legendary posters that have dated back, you know, within the decades to even this most recent summer tour where you can go and buy uh, some of their pin collaborations that they're doing. And I actually discovered Jim's art when I was uh, asked to be a part of the Cluster Flies album. And uh, we did a cover of Back on the Train on there and the album art came out. I was just like blown away it took me to a different world it was just like you know this is so pungent and realized and and individualized and i could tell that the printing technique was the most analog that uh you could do in a realistic sense for a project of that nature so i did some inquiring and realized it was jim and then uh reached out to jim's girlfriend and then jim was in nashville uh during the fish tour and we got together in my manager's apartment building and we drank some iced coffee and we talked about Goddard College. We talk about veganism. We talk about the, this is one that's brilliant I, that I took from Jim is, is that it is all right to do things slow and correctly and allow your vision to develop as you work, moving forward in perfection. I, I found that to be so inspiring. Um, brilliant mind, sincerely so experienced, and I'm very grateful to have had the time to sit down and, and talk with him. Uh, truly the legend, Mr. Jim Pollock. Now it's, uh, I don't know, it's moved on, but like that was where I got my start. But then over time, it helped me uh, work in kitchens, be able to like cook and then teach myself more. Um, yeah, vegetarian cooking, eating and just uh, living a healthy life kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done the Whole Foods plant-based? Uh, yeah. Um, or the uh, the meat. The the beyond meat and beyond or, I think it's the opposite of where of that where it's it's literally no processed food. Right, just you know, right. Yeah, I, I've had some not, of that product. I think they try to cut that out. Right, as well. they're trying to cut out oil. Yeah, it's like amazing. Like yeah, the, this whole plant based diet thing seems to be a very. It's a trend going on, but I don't think it seems to be represented by like the media and stuff like that, because the media is still involved in older forms of diet and stuff. Mm, right, yeah. saying that milk is good for your bones. Right, right, and all that. And yeah, yeah. And where is your protein to... coming from if you're not, yeah. you know, eating animals and that type of thing? It is tough, though. You know, going on tour. I found and and not consuming uh, meat protein. I did right. it for vegan for two years. I tried it. But I find more and more, even especially even this tour, that there's oh, yeah. much more access. It's like crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. People, people are taking up the you know business models to like address these markets that are coming very quickly. You know, people want more and more of this, the plant-based diet. Yeah. 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 Do you uh, do you cook a lot? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I'm not making art, I'm often cooking and uh over the pandemic i taught myself a lot about fermenting vegetables making aged vegan cheeses and kind of brushing up on stuff that i know will be helpful are you into probiotics yeah i feel like that yeah that that's part of it yeah i make the kimchi i just made a bunch of kimchi make kimchi pancakes and that kind of thing yeah it's very yeah very good for me yeah yeah i mean as a somebody who's in my late 50s i have to like be careful about what i eat and stuff like that things uh you know have effects very quickly that 
didn't when I was younger. Whoa. Do you find that eating healthier ensures a better creative process at all? I think so. I mean, yeah, no. Or, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, you know, sometimes, like, uh, feeling, yeah, I mean, you don't want to feel bad. But then, you know, as well as I do, that, like, creative process sometimes is stirred by, you know, not not good feelings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't, like, you know, eat badly. But, like, you know, sometimes you get to those bad feelings by bad choices you made, and you don't even realize it. But then like the artistic process takes over and like gets fed by all of that stuff. So, you know, um, yeah, I try to stay healthy, but then, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, sometimes the artistic process, uh, forces one to reanalyze stuff and like, yeah, sometimes it comes from dark places, right? Immensely. They yeah, even yeah. Know we're there. Cause you, you write songs and that's, I don't know, that's, that's a tough, I've never been able to write a song, but like it's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. Me? Me is the hardest thing I ever yeah, tried yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Because like, I mean, to take a feeling and then put it into like, uh, yeah, a musical context. You took a song. Um, I discovered your work just this year, but and I've I've become a fast fan because I love the concept of someone creating something and there only being X amount of it. Right. And then people losing their shit over it for years to come. And there is this thing that you did for uh, Friend of the Devil. And um, Anne Marie was a boat. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's. The- <laughs> yeah. And it's. Oh, that got killed. Oh, that got killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Hey, um, yeah. Is it cool if I ask you about the concept behind that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay, but yeah, I, I mean, like the, the interpreting con- that song, it was like right. I, I've been listening to that song for over a decade. I'm sure you've been listening to it for decades. I've never thought of interpreting it in that way. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or you know, I'm obsessed with like film noir and kind of like like movies from I don't know 50s and 60s that are kind of like dark me too and then like uh, i think it's like that it's like i turned it into this kind of like guy on the lamb which it is he's on the lamb guy on the lamb you know is that an archetype of a, of a sort yeah yeah like you know avoiding the law and like being kind of lawless and like uh yeah because like the dogs are chasing him chased by 20 hounds and then like uh yeah i was just like kind of interpreting it as like this kind of uh you know this guy did something wrong and the cops are after him and stuff like that um and then yeah his boats the Anne marie who's uh you know waiting for him (laughs) to help him get away and the thing you're waiting for (laughs) is ultimately the first reason why you cry and it's like the first thing that lets you down. Right, right, right. You know, it's like interpreting those archetypes in that abstract of a way was something I would never have thought of in that. Oh, thank it's you. Basically writing a song. Yeah, yeah. Or like, it is. It's kind of fun when I get to, I don't know. Yeah, I get to kind of, I, I draw from a lot of things, but a lot of times like, yeah, sometimes the the music itself, being able to like reinterpret music and stuff like that. Like the whole interplay of uh, making a poster for a, 
a musical event, you know. Wow. It goes hand in hand with that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't dabble in like the film or the uh, songwriting realm. But like, yeah, it's always fun to like kind of like you know, people look at songs or interpret them all different ways and just try to reinterpret a lot of that stuff. It's a lot. It's fun. Like, uh, there's some. There's an open end endedness to the whole process. Are fun and open-endedness perhaps one in one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, the the net keeps getting, or the tent keeps getting larger, and like you know, at first, I think when I started doing art, I think I was more focused on certain things. But as time goes on, you realize you can just grab from so much. So does that mean you were letting go in in some way? Like you were. Um yeah, I think always. I mean, like, that's, I think that's experience. You know, you think, you you don't realize how much, how limited you are until you, like, try out some things. And then you, you have, and then you have more to draw from, just based on experience alone. Right. Right. Wow. And the more you experience, the more you realize that you, your um, presuppositions are, are not really valid in some way. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's a good place to be, to be uh, not not so sure, but yeah. sure enough to, like, make something or be creative, make a meal, you know, things that aren't going to harm too, too many people. <laughs> and in right. my case, like, too many animals, yeah, basically. It's, uh, you know. Uh, so you yeah. found vegetarian practices through the morality of of proper i think yeah yeah i mean like i think i was hyper empathetic as a kid and never liked the concept of it i got my head around it very quickly that it was animals i was eating didn't like the smell never liked the smell and i was told oh you have to drink milk every day and i have to drink milk and then uh i learned how to hold my nose while i was drinking without holding my nose uh, by hand. I don't know. There seems to be a muscle back there. And so, like, I could, like, drink it and not smell it because I just couldn't stand it. But, like, it was, like, it was, like, this is what you do. Got milk, all that stuff. It was, like, people were just, you know, no, you have to have it or you'll be unhealthy. And it's, like, (laughs) I got around it eventually. So I didn't know this about you, and in observing so many works, like dozens of, of pieces that you've done, there's a lot of animals. Yeah, there's yeah, fish, yeah. There's cows, and right. There's little friendly animals alive throughout all the work. Right. Interesting now. So it's almost um, they serve to be symbols of of something different than I was interpreting them. Or almost, I think almost. Uh, I used to when I lived in Chicago. I've just. Uh, moved to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. about three years ago. I used to do a lot of figure drawing and then also go to the zoo and draw animals. I like figures. I guess I like like uh, forms and mu- um, like figurative. And like even the animals, it's like uh, looking at the tendons and muscles and tissue, not unlike our own bodies. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, and I do... 
sketches of like a lot of plants and stuff like that it's mostly yeah just kind of interpreting all this geometry that these figures are uh, are transmitting to us kind of. cuz like they're all like based on like golden ratio and phi and stuff like that wow my gosh nikola tesla with the three which also music does yeah. In an immense way, major scale seven notes, triads are three notes. Right, but like uh, people forget that like uh, Pythagoras outside of the triangle was famous for plucking uh, strings that he found very fascinating. And then like he started dividing them up using the golden ratio and Fibonacci numbers. And so, f- yeah, with when you have a triad, you have a two-thirds the original, the two-thirds the size of that note and the three-fifths of that note. And, like, that's all Fibonacci and golden ratio that form that. And that's the guy who invented, that's mostly known for triangles, is also well-known as uh, the person who, like, started analyzing uh, the plucking of strings and turning them into harmonic things that sound good to the ear based on these ancient geometry. Immense. Right, and the tools are unchanged. Unchanged since the, what is it, like 300 BC? I can't remember. (laughs) That's so fascinating. That's something that's occurred to me as the world has started to open up and there's so much evolution in hardware, say in fitness, and right there's Peloton bikes, and then well, right, right. Going, right, people are getting new. Um, oh, they're getting these new uh, giga yachts that they're flying on, or that they're taking out to the ocean. And this, but the thing that is unchanged, like truly, are musical chords. Right. I mean, they change globally, and like in india you find like the microtones which are even more divided tones that are still related to that same ancient geometry that uh is the only difference but yeah i mean then they they work with like a whole array of like subdivided strings they've just gone like you know a little further with the whole division of everything you start getting those beautiful sitar right and these instruments have different resonance levels than your standard guitar yeah right and these slack tunings that get so low it's almost imperceptible to our ear yeah and an approach to something that we all share which is music and cultures have these different ways of saying this is how we do it and this right. is how it affects our culture and we tell our stories through it but yet these similar archetypes of songs with just three chords you right. know, and that's the funny thing too here in Nashville is the thing is you have three chords in the truth. Right. And it's like that's not proprietary to this city by any means. That's something that and again right. the number three. Right. You know, it's it's almost freaky if you start looking for it and you start seeing it everywhere and it exposes itself to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's just, it's it is. It's everywhere. I mean and it's funny that like yeah. It's funny. That yeah. It like tra- <laughs> it's like a geometry, but then it becomes like audible geometry on a level oh wow i've never heard that audible geometry yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's using geometric uh divisions to create the harmonic tones and like they didn't uh, if you'll read the history of uh, pythagoras and like his process of getting to where he got to 
it, it, you know, he was looking for these tones, and once he like happened on the, oh, of course, you know, the golden ratio, and I'll start dividing it by that. What is the golden ratio? I want to pretend to know. It's like, uh, it's like anything can be divided uh, into, uh, like a line can be divided. You can divide it in half, but if you divide it by like uh, 0.618, yada, 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 then turns into a a tool so like the you can balance a line but like if you if you move the thing that's balancing the line to the golden ratio point then it becomes a lever where it's like more powerful and you're utilizing the line to do something and then also the same thing can be said like if you take a string and you divide that by a golden ratio you get a magical tone with the two together that sounds very delightful to the ear. And, like, that's magical. And so, like, people just keep, you know, testing that over and over. And that's why everyone likes music, I feel. It's much bigger than us. Yep. Yeah. In a way, that's very humbling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, it also transcends language and yeah. all that type of thing. Because, like, I love world beat. I yeah. mean, I love, like, Latin, Cuban, Afro-Cuban, Af- you know, Afro-beat. Nigerian high Nigerian life. high life. It's unbelievable. It is. And it, the thing, too, is if you listen to it, it unveils a place in your mind that was always in there. That you might have never actually physically been to. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And like those rhythms, I mean, yeah, um, yeah, uh, you know, when I started listening to them and like, and you, you see, you started, I started hearing it like even with Carlos Santana and oh. stuff and just like, what is that? Because like, that's just a driving. And then you realize, you find out about the clove and mm-hmm. how you're. Yeah, it, it's like, and then that's mathematical too, because you basically have two beats on top of each other, driving what you know is very danceable situation basically. And then you realize, oh, all these cultures go out and dance all the time, and music is part of their ever living existence, where we like kind of parse it out and. Um, you know, have our music festivals. Someone in Africa might just constantly be surrounded by different types of music and art and stuff like that. I think we're trying to get toward that because there's a certain balance that brings to, you know, cultures and stuff. Wow. So you're suggesting that the incorporation of like the live music experience is right. much more assimilated right. than perhaps less industrialized cultures. Like, right. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, or like, you know, I guess, what would you call it? Like, white European kind of like, yeah. you know. I mean, like, I mean, like, what is the show or the movie? Footloose. Oh, but, sure. And it's sure. like based on like actual, like up in like Michigan, like Dutch reformists who find what we do like just very bad like dancing together men and women dancing together enjoying music it's just like a bad thing and like you know i don't know uh i i don't 
I, I don't know how their you know numbers are doing, but like, yeah, I like I like dancing with my you know, hanging out and having a nice time, and uh, I think it's like a very enjoyable experience. I've always had fun at the fish shows since I started going, and like, it's kind of fun. And then yeah, I guess it kind of got like a bad rap or something. Like, yeah. Like oh, you're gonna go to the fish shows all the time but like they're a lot of fun and there's more more of that stuff happening all the time and like yeah ever since i guess uh the demise of cds and like uh mp3 like bands have been playing a lot more and like selling more tickets and a lot's changed in music in a very short period of time. And I got to witness it or be part of it. It's kind of cool. Witnessing and being a part of something. That's like the privilege, one of the great privileges of life here. Right. There can be a part of you that's a witness. Right. And there's a part of you that's the experiencer, the, the, the consumer of it all. Right. And there's that space in between in the, sub, in the subconscious where it all can kind of start to dwell right and you can draw upon that and create from there you know? oh yeah it's yeah like, yeah i mean yeah it is it's all i guess it, it on a level it is it's a, a little greedy of my part because like <laughs> i just want to like be fed have my head that. head fed by like you know just very interesting uh yeah it's it's a it's gr- always great to go out to the shows and like uh um I enjoy myself and like basic and you enjoy myself. Yeah. And then um and yeah, just I don't know, it's just Which a nice experience. Night. I like it never it never gets tiring. I it mean, can't. I've always liked yeah. seeing live music of all sorts, but like when you kind of know these people and they have made like this huge amount uh, this huge catalog of music and you get to watch that it's like i don't know it's like uh, a little surrealistic i have to say it's like the psychedelic experience in some way too where it's you could is it surreal or is it perhaps so real because it comes from a reality that's so much more benevolent and large from the one we interact with on a day-to-day basis right 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 it's like the most real it's almost taking over <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or hopefully but like uh yeah i mean i my, i myself like uh, have a very limited experience with like psychedelics i'd say like mostly in high school a little bit in college but like really very little but my high school experiences were almost enough to give me the idea i always think like those types of experiences give you give me the thought of like what Einstein tells us. It's like everything is relative, and like mm-hmm. even when you think you're perceiving something a certain way, you better turn it over in your head a few ways because like it might not actually be the way you're seeing it or perceiving it, and that's that's a very powerful thing because like a lot of people are just like you know told to yeah. go with their first impulse and like not and, and it's fight or flight instead yeah. of being actually cognitive right. and like being able to like think about things and as long as you keep your life kind of simple hopefully you can do that oh what are you 
What do you mean by keep your life kind of simple? Well, like kind of have a job that like you can deal with and like yeah. uh, and <laughs> yeah. that's always difficult. And I had a lot of jobs and this is my best by far. But like uh yeah. Um it's all that balance and feed yourself well and have some time for me to go out and dance with a bunch of people and enjoy some music. It's uh yeah, it's it's not rocket science. It's like, you know, it's you got to feed your body. I'm I'm very I I'm glad that there's like this resurgence of like uh uh psychedelics being embraced by the psycho psychological community. Because like that I think that's the bigger thing. The bigger thing is that like it's become like acceptable for like in terms of like talk therapy and stuff like that, which I've been a big fan of for many years. And oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, it's a, it's really how I got to Goddard. I met a guy who was a psychologist who had gotten a, a degree there. I was going to him, mm-hmm. and uh, um, any or for a number of reasons, but like he was like what do you do? And I just started pulling out all these drawings I did. Mm, He was like, you should probably go to a place that like, you already are motivated. I'm like an autodidact. I like can teach myself and just keep myself busy all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he's like, you should go to this college. I just graduated from Goddard. And, uh, and he told me about it. I went up and Goddard was like, um, a Dewey, it was John Dewey School of Education founded in like the 1800s, but like it had a big heyday in the 60s and 70s, kind of a big drama place. David Mamet went there. Um, like uh, there was a lot, and Bread and Puppet, and then you also had glass uh, and sculpture and stuff. By the time we got there, it had been. It, kind of like past its prime we were like um there um but like it's teaching a lot of the same things permaculture right macrobiotic and stuff like that but you can teach yourself they don't like give you any grades they're like what do you want to learn and like and i just like well i just want to like learn about like the history of cartoons i like studied all about like and they have a decent library and uh all about like the history of like editorial cartoons. I was making editorial cartoons and just like doing that kind of thing, and then learning more about media and finding out about like uh, Malcolm McLaren and like. Was there like, ever any R. Crumb studies in that time? No, but I knew him, and like we had his comics, and like yeah, drawing some crazy comics like that, yeah. and like yeah, kind of wanted to be a comic book artist, and like kept that stuff going finished i left goddard finished at the art institute in uh, chicago but those guys kept like oh we still want your art and then i would do t-shirts and then around 98 i like started doing these linoleum prints and just kind of like it's kind of this organic process and uh yeah it was just been amazing i mean like uh, i spent three years there but like it's had such a profound influence on my life from the vegetarian to being in fish 
to or you know being in the fish organization and doing their art and then like being part of like the people who like them and like it that it's like it's amazing how many generations are like turned on by my friend's music it's amazing it's like i mean you just don't you don't see that especially you know some guy i ran into at this hippie yeah. school and then <laughs> next thing i know it's <laughs> right. like crazy and it probably is next thing you know like i've only had a brief amount of time here and i can already start to see it fly you can already feel it starting to fly and right there's memories you forget that you had and you know Fuck, I forgot that that happened in that right, Christmas right. and I was wearing that and I was listening to this at that time and I felt this way about that and now that I'm older I feel differently about it. I can only imagine with the roads that you've traveled over these years how how that's compounded. You know, again, right. going back to Einstein, he's saying oh, right. it's the, one of the wonders of the world is compound interest. Right, right. You understand it, you know, is glorified by it and who doesn't dies by it. It's like... It's amazing. I can only imagine what that's like for you. It must um, be super normal, super real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems, I mean, yeah, you almost. Just the millions of dollars, too, that you've you've curated contributing your artwork to people and how much value that brings to their lives. Yeah, no, um, that's like the powerful thing is, yeah, that Fish has created this amazing nonprofit organization mm-hmm. called Water Wheel, and they have like this very good connection with like small nonprofits all throughout the country and like uh you don't even come across that too much but they're taking advantage of their touring and then they're they're able to like connect with these very small organizations in which the money goes a long way and it's just like just given like based on like these relationships that this uh one nonprofit agency has with these others that are direct, you know, directly give. But like, uh, it's great to have this one organization that like I've worked with for years. And uh, yeah, it's uh, and then it was a no brainer when he started uh, Divided Sky that I was going to help out. And I mean, the poster thing is an amazing thing because like when I started this whole thing I or wanted to be an artist as a kid right I was thinking more comics or comic books and stuff like that but now I've learned all about the this whole thing with like posters and multiples and like the collective uh, like wealth of stuff that goes on with it including like the ability to get people involved in donating and stuff like that it's just you know it's uh, people are putting it up like they went to a show oh i gave to this thing and people yeah you i mean there's so much generosity in this crowd it's amazing it doesn't even make sense it's almost like it's not even in the society that we live in everyone's so friendly not judgmental and Right. If you're looking at them as magicians, the biggest trick they're playing on us is they trick us to be present. And right. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like my shirt, shirt, my no talking shirt. No, that's new for me. <laughs> I, I, I've seen that a lot go around over the past week. A lot of stop talking. 
Right, right, right. What's the for everyone who not doesn't know about that? Oh, it's what's like your take a on chomper that? is a person who's talking during a song. Right. I mean, you can talk in between or whatever. Like, but like everyone, you know. And then now it's like everyone knows to like, okay, can you be, <laughs> be quiet? They're in the middle of a playing. It's just, you know, common courtesy. But then I think, you know, it's also like the collective concentration on the music. The more people are concentrated, the more everyone's going to get out of it. Which is like very um, Carl Jung in that way. Yeah, yeah, It's like you're engaging with the collective consciousness. Yeah, I'm a huge Jung fan. Are you? Me too. Yeah, yeah. Because like, uh, I think we're in the realm of him. I think like, uh, like, uh, yeah. Sigmund Freud won the psychi, you know, the battle of psychiatry, or at least the, like, uh, like, the, turning it into something you can make money from. But now Carl Jung, with like social media, kind of this collective notion that people have adopted, for good or for bad, are is, and even Carl Jung said it can go very haywire. He he, being someone who was in the like uh, the Nazi youth and stuff like that. No, oh. you know, I mean, like, and he knew, like, uh, he realized, like, his, you know, that it wasn't his fault. He was being sent. I mean, he ended up helping Wolfgang Pauli, like, uh, come up with the exception principle using What's his the exception principle. His is the only. It's the only. I think it's the only. Uh, um, a quantum equation that still holds true from between Heisenberg and Pauli that they came up with these formulas under the tutelage of uh, Niels Bohr and like and like he figured that stuff out because he went to Carl Jung and there was a lot of anti-Semitism that was going on in Europe at the time. Now, he had a lot of knowledge from having family members that knew about Kabbalah, which also has a lot of spy and golden ratio in it, and using some of the stuff that he had tucked away. Carl Jung let him bring out a lot of knowledge that he had within him that he kept buried. And... Uh, he created the exception principle that way, and it still holds today. The, the incorporation of shadow self is one that I'm greatly having fun with right now, presently. Oh, yeah? Thinking about just the, how that works and how you're, you're simultaneously the anti-hero to yourself. Right. In a lot of ways, and, and the way that you can progress your journey onward is to incorporate that part of yourself into your own work and that brings fruition of advancement forward and your art and your interaction with other humans yeah, yeah. And it's like if you think about just the history of, of where fish is going as well right in the 4.0 realm that we're in right now it's like that is totally what those fellas have done is they've incorporated perhaps the shadows right and right. We, we find sobriety and we find but at the end we find family and we find love and all kinds of different stories that wouldn't have been found unless they traversed those negative parts right yeah yeah right. yeah it's like he carl Jung, man it's really hard to get around his enormity of contribution Right. Yeah. 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 He covered it all, and like you, you realize you start to realize his functionality now, or I do now. Like I feel like yeah, it was mm-hmm. difficult. Like I don't know. Even back in the eighties, you didn't see his 
his uh, brilliance shine through the way you do now, now that you have the internet and stuff. Yeah, right, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you about um, was uh, the the recent cover that you did for Cluster Flies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where I discovered your work. Um, your interpretation of that whole, that landscape, where that's taking place, when I go back and I listen to that record now, I can't help but go to that place that you, that you gave us. Right. There. And it's... um. It's crazy like i want to go to that world right right it's like so what was your approach to, to doing that whole album was it do you overthink that do you right or i can't remember like um yeah i mean it was gonna be like some kind of like landscape i think like i think like everything yeah you know, I, I don't know i just kind of like start throwing things in i can't remember who the process was Right. Yeah. Wow. The uh, oh right yeah she had she took she showed me a picture of like those studios and stuff like no oh the farmhouse yeah, the farmhouse yeah. right right the farmhouse where it was that's right right yeah yeah and so it was from that and then I went. And then I added some other things, and we put the northern lights in. And great track, by the way. Oh, you listened? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I always thought that. that, I mean, you know, that's a that's a great song, and especially like country and western. Like, yeah, 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 man. Yeah, it really is a phenomenal song. It's like a. So you live your life by that song. Right. (laughs) You really can't. That's the thing, too, is you can live your life to, to destiny unbound and back on the train. And, right. You know, you see your life on the veil through the characters that those songs are. Yeah. Your art contributes greatly to that because it, it's like a, it's matching socks. <laughs> it's like there's the farmhouse album sock, and then there's your interpretation of the art, and they match, and it's this beautiful pairing, man. It's, Thank you. Yeah, it's really transportative, which I'm realizing is with this particular chromosome that we all share when we go to these amphitheaters, that's what I think subconsciously we're asking for is to let's all go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's def- definitely magical. I mean, like, yeah, all live music is, but like, yeah, this is especially with like the length that these guys have played together Boy. with the very interesting crowd that the <laughs> has like developed from them playing together so long. It's like it's really otherworldly. The yeah, there. It doesn't happen that often. I don't think it ever has, really. Right. I mean, the Grateful Dead can be, you know, but like, uh, it's a different time period. So, like, it's slightly different. But like, yeah, just having people play together for so long—that's a difficult thing. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I bet, yeah. I bet there were shadow. I bet there were negatives. Right, right. Well, they had some hiatuses. They took some yeah. breaks. Yeah. You got to. Well, what's the timeline in regards yeah. to something that macro? Yeah, but they, I mean, everything's like, you know, full full steam ahead for it so far. I mean, like, we're going to see with the masks and stuff yeah. later in the tour. But, like, yeah, it's like everything else. You have to react to what's happening and, and do make your best choices. Be aware and be present. Yeah, I've been masking up and... You know, whenever I go and and then just like take my mask off once I'm like 
in places, but like when I'm going to and from wherever, and I try to stay put. And then, uh, yeah, it's all, uh, hopefully, this is all an experiment, but like hopefully everything's yeah. going going good on that level. I have a feeling this whole uh, planet's probably an experiment to some degree. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it always has been. It, I bet it has. Right, right, right. There's, um, you said something to me that was so marvelous and freeing. Um, you said that the your the lino cut process that you work in. You said that process found you. Yeah, now, yeah. That to me is so admirable because it says that you were looking to find something as opposed to saying you know, and you weren't going to be right. There. And so, do you have the ability to expound on that just a hair? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like a simple process. I was looking for like uh, like BMI able to do some uh, prints because Fish had invited me up to uh, Clifford Ball and stuff like that and I thought I should do a print making process but like I didn't have a lot of space and stuff like that so it was kind of like mm. it chose me it was like oh how about linoleum and like mm. yeah I'm just kind of not not stopped just kind of like I went with it it's like one of those things where you make a choice early and then you just kind of keep going with it and it was a good choice i mean it, it says a lot about my own style it does yeah, yeah yeah and like i love the process it's just so it takes forever and i, I don't know it's just like kind of puts you into this like zen like uh, process mood uh where you know you just have to wait and be patient for everything to transpire oh and not force it Right. Yeah, yeah. Have you evolved with that truism as you've ha- as you have tenure in your practice now? Yeah, I'm trying. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I bet, I'm right? I'm always I'm impatient <laughs> on too. a level. Yeah, Me yeah. Too, yeah. I mean, creative people kind of a lot of times try to jump the gun. You have know, you noticed like, that? Because I'm sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, no, and you fall on your face, and then you try it a better way next time. Okay. <laughs> that's. That's part of it too. I mean, but like, yeah, I like uh, not just drawing something, and it is. Although I do a lot of that design work, which I like. Mm. But like, I like the whole printmaking process where you draw it, draw it backwards, carve it under the block, print it by hand, all of that. So, uh, yeah, and that's where it started. And I'm always, I always like to get back to my roots whenever I'm kind of like, wanna refocus myself i like you know doing a print kind of and like that's a usually at least a few weeks if not a month it's a good refocus period you'll have a few weeks to a month on a single idea yeah because like if you're like draw it and develop it and then you carve it backwards and then you might have multiple plates that you have to carve do you ever fuck a plate up Sometimes, and then like you glue parts back, but wow. like essentially less now, or like yeah, you know, I kind of like have got I figured out all my all the things that make me fuck up, but like <gasps> really, hopefully, you know, yeah, I mean, most of that's you know, you it's get better more. and better. The tricks, tricks of the trade, because like yeah, it chose me and nobody trained me in this, but like you know, 
I've taught myself. That's what Alan Watts says, is you interacting with experience is the greatest teacher you could have. Oh, yeah, yeah, As yeah. opposed to, you know, another human just telling right. words from their mouth. Right. Know what to do. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do well? Just saying it's a wrong answer isn't half as good as falling on your face. Right? <laughs> oh, wow. Was that, so, was that from you or is that a quote? I, I, don't, I don't know. From me. But, like, that's, <laughs> that's how I brilliant. feel. It that's never it, it never gets through your head. You're always going to screw up a couple more times if it's so. Someone's just telling you, nope, that's the wrong way. <laughs> it's wrong. Until, until you have some real experience from like, like your bad decision or whatever. The falling on your face always helps a little. I mean, you know. I know. <laughs> I bet you can look back at your time and, and, and have to say that in some degree that your resume is probably an amalgamation of all the hardships that you've traversed. Yeah, school of hard knocks, right? Yeah, <laughs> what right. a great degree to have. Right, no, I love I love that degree. And then, yeah, that's the hippies. Yeah. It's like they taught me how to be a vegetarian, but also to be confident in like what you think you can attain. And now with the oh. internet and you have access to so much information, mm-hmm. people forget that like you can teach yourself anything. Anything. Yeah, for yeah, free, yeah. for free, right? For now, and like, right. So, uh, right now, we have a free internet. We can't assume we'll always have that. There might be a good time, good era for uh, a paid internet. Right, you right. can do VPNs and secure and browse safely and not be targeted through advertisers, and they won't sell your data. And right, right, right. That's a good way to go about it in some way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we can figure it out, but yeah. just ke- You can't just assume that's always going to be available. As a kid who spent most of his time in his libraries looking for information, and now I have it at my fingertips, I guess I'm pretty appreciative, probably more so than oh, yeah. somebody who's always had it at their fingertips. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even imagine reality without Google. It's right. And looking for songs, all of that stuff. I've become a kind of good guitar player. P- Paige taught me how to play guitar. And then really? like uh oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And then uh and then uh basically I've learned since and uh taught myself a lot of stuff, you know, YouTube videos, tabs, all that. <laughs> it's fun. That's great. Are you, what do you what do you like to play on guitar? Bossa Nova and jazz stuff. Any Django Reinhardt? I've tried some, but yeah, yeah no, I'm. Not, I mean, tough, they, that, that's that's tough stuff. Man. Two fingers, too. It's like yeah, yeah. I do nylon string right now. Like I like it. Yeah, I kind of was, was I learned on steel string, but have gone over the nylon string because like the Bossa Nova, the Brazilian stuff. Oh man, yeah. Okay. Um. Aldi Miola, have you gotten into him? The three oh, nights, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Night in San Francisco, that record. Oh right, uh, no, I, I'm not sure if I know. It. I knew the Aldi Miola of yeah, Mahavishnu Orchestra, this Return to Forever. This is so right, dumb. right. This will blow your mind. Right, you, right. You've never heard this before. Right. It's three nylons, um, three of the most um, actualized and realized guitarists sharing. And dispensing of their ego for one night right. in San Francisco, and it's and they're jamming too, and they have right. like a thirty-seven minute Bossa Nova jam on just nylon guitars. They're they're accompanying rhythm, bass lines, and melodies and chords. Three guys. I'll have to check that out. Tempo. Right. Um, I'll send it to you once we wrap this up. I mean, Absolutely. It's um mesmerizing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah. 
I mean, so fast. It's like a lightning. Yeah. <laughs> like lightning. Yeah, no, I remember like reading an article about like how Chick was he was played with Chikoria, like Return to Forever. I think it was like yeah. And then like how Chikoria found him and he was like a kid and he's just like crazy, you know, crazy great guitar player. Yeah, way ahead of his Yeah, way ahead of his like his age. Mm, well, Jim, thanks for this time. Absolutely. This Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much for coming and, and talking. In the uh-huh. midst of fish tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice. Has that, has that word uh, evolved for you over the years, what that means? Fish tour. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I kind of uh, started touring pretty uh, extensively starting in 2016 or 17. 17. And like... Uh, kind of enjoying seeing my friends play uh um you know in this period of time i kind of missed earlier periods i mean unless they were coming through chicago i'd right. see them but like now i'm seeing them as m- much as i can it's a it's a lot of fun to see them in this period in which their energy level is just as high and right. there's a lot of communication going on and they're still retooling and rearranging songs that you thought that they wouldn't touch forever. But like, wow. yeah, I was listening to things in Atlanta and Alabama, things even in Tweezer that I'm like, wow, what are you, what are you doing in there? Oh my God. You're like changing. And it's, it's just for the better. I think it has a lot to do with Trey playing with like string quartet and like giving space for instruments. And he's even retooling stuff that like, you think like he'll never touch again, but like yeah, no, he's always, always tinkering. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you be right? The universe is constantly doing that with us. And right, right. Our, our reality might as well do it with music. The reality we create through. Right. Oh my gosh, that's immense to hear. I'm glad that you enjoyed that tweezer. I'm I'm new here, and that tweezer was revelatory for me. And so the fact that. It was pungent for you as well. Right. That was yeah, the yeah. sixth longest one in history, according to, oh, was it? According yeah. to YouTube. All right. Yeah, yeah. Say. Well, it's kind of YouTube. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good I guess we have to ask Fishnet. That's the, that's yeah. the end all. That is <laughs> the, the helping, end all. Helping friendly out people. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much. Thank you so Such much. Such a pleasure meeting you. Nice to meet you. Right. I think Jim is a brilliant example of who you are bleeds into what work you do. Having had the chance to sit down and talk with Jim, going through the decades of work that he's been putting out, it makes a little bit more sense. It seems seems a little bit more centralized. It's friendly. It's abstract. It's hyper-realized in its individual sense. It's immensely creative, and it's very relatable to to the audience that is consuming it. And I just... I really do. I love Jim's work and I, I love Jim now as a person. I hope you guys got to see a different side of him in this podcast that so you weren't able to access through his art or previous discussions. Um, I know he doesn't do a lot of podcasts. The only one I ever saw him do was uh, one with Tom Marshall, uh, which of course he's known for years. Um, so this was, um, we improvised. Improvising yields the best results. And that is just the simple art of taking action and letting the universe take care of the rest in some degree. I also think Jim might have said one of the best lyrics ever, which is not yet a lyric because I'm Googling it, helping friendly out people. I think that's really cool. It might be a lyric. Let me know if it is. I'm, again, 
There's a lot of things I don't see and I don't know, like most things in the world that could be missing out on something here. Thank you, Osiris Media, for helping take this podcast to the moon. Thank you, Topo Chico, for keeping it cosmic and keeping us all hydrated. And then ultimately, thank you, Cosmic Country listener, for listening to this podcast and staying on this whole time. Um, we're coming out on the road soon. We have a new album coming out here at the end of September. And y'all stay tuned. It, it doesn't end. Always something new. Talk to y'all later. Osiris. <laughs>